What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ace the Rebel, and welcome to the very first, the very first, and hopefully not the last, uh, rapping with Ace. And I'm your host, Ace the Rebel. I just said that. And you know, today uh, we actually have a special guest, my brother, my homie. Uh, introduce yourself. Hey, this is Nelson Tikas. I've known Sean forever, and this is kind of fun. Yes, it is kind of fun. I did not do what I was trying to do. I'm gonna try it again. <laughs> Wrong button. <laughs> I was looking for. There we go. And cut. So this podcast really basically I just want to invite a lot of musicians to come here and just kind of like talk about their craft and like how they got started and everything. So Nelson, you know, give them give them a little background. Like, so, you know, where you're from and like, you know, what you do. <laughs> uh, let's see. I grew up in D.C., um, moved to Montgomery County before high school. And, um, around that time is when I started learning how to play drums and I am currently playing drums in, um, two bands. You don't uh, sound too sure about well, that. Well, it's, it's possibly <laughs> three, but that right now that's just, uh, you know. Well, we're going to get into that. So when you, so let's, let's backtrack. So you, 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 you play drums. Uh, when, why, why drums out of all the instruments? When I was, uh, like nine or 10, mm. I um, started listening to, well, actually paying attention to the music that my parents were listening to, and I just really thought that the drums were just, there was something about it that just uh, just made me, uh, what is it, go in that direction. It was a lot of like cumbia, Latino music, so mm-hmm. there isn't like a, much electric guitar. Right. And that, and then, I don't know, I, I didn't even think about the other instruments really. So when did you first purchase like your... Your first drum set. First drum set, I think, was uh, either 13 or 14. Pretty sure it was 14. Was it like the real one or was it like that play school? No, that's, <laughs> that, my parents got one at uh, Costco. It's like Costco brand. Did not know Costco sold. It may, I think it was a Sam's Club back then. But uh, it was called like the Mark Three, something or other. I don't know. It was like a $300 drum set for everything with cymbals, stands, and everything. How did it sound? <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Right. So, and with that, um, my first instrument was a trumpet. Very loud. Drums are extremely loud. Where your parents like, did they have a cutoff time? They were like, hey, after this, you, you got to stop playing. Yeah, it was basically uh, while the sun's up, you can play. That was pretty much <laughs> and it. And then it's like six o'clock. They're like, all right. Yeah. Cut cut it like, off. Cu- calm down. And and a lot of times I'd want to play every single day and they'd be like, nope, 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 nope. nope. So with that... Who 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 would you say was like the drummers you look to as inspiration or like because you're self-taught, correct? Like no one taught you how to play drums. Well, I, I took lessons with I've, I've taken a total of like four lessons, uh, three with this one guy that showed me how to listen to music, like pay attention to the drums in the music and and differentiate between uh, toms and snare and kick and what was a bass line and not a bass drum. Because mm. I used to think that the bass line was, and I'm like, man, that's some crazy drums. And he's like, that's actually the guitars. <laughs> like, oh, well, uh, so I did that. He showed me that. And then um, after that, I just listened to a lot of punk and ska music. Mm-hmm. So my biggest influences at that time were mostly like uh, MXPX. I know them. The Offspring. Never heard of them. Uh, the Foo Fighters and Blink-182. All of those are terrible. Yeah, it's like no, just kidding. Shout out to Blink One Eighty Two. They actually had a show recently, or they have a show coming up, or something like that, right? They had it. Had they had it. it. Yeah. Ooh, see, you know, I'm not a. So, you got you got you you had someone teach you this 
you know, this skill set of like listening to just the drums and everything. So at what point did you realize, like, I'm pretty good enough, I'm, I'm good enough to join a band, like, or, uh, or were you kind of like, just like, oh, I just want to play drums for fun and the band stuff came later? I joined a band less than two months into playing drums. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. With the mark? Yeah, with the mark. Oh my God. It was a big mistake. I show up the first day, they're like, all right, set up and let's get going. Um, we start playing and they're like, you don't really know how to play drums, do you? I'm like, well, I've, o- I've only been playing for like two months. And they're like, let me show you what you should be able to do. And then this guy just like took over. And then, um, I went over to their house, uh, I think one more time. And they're like, yeah, you're out of, you're out of this band. What was the name of the band? Uh, Arsenic. Well, that band wasn't going anywhere well, with that it, name. <laughs> it was a Metallica cover band at that time. Yeah, uh, Jeez, that's even worse. It made me uh, hate Metallica for a really long time. <laughs> So like, did they? I mean, did they like comment on your gear? Because I'm sure they had like decent gear, and yeah. they see you, they're like, "What are you? What is this?" And you're like, "Oh, it's the Mark." That <laughs> was just like, uh, "All right, well, I guess that's a that's a drum set. I yeah. guess that's that's what we're gonna do. Roll with it." Right. So and so that didn't discourage you from like pursuing music still, but you just kind of was like, "All right, I need to get on my uh, my shit." So at what point did you realize like, "All right, like I'm actually good now." I think, um, well, one of my best friends growing up, Andrew, uh, played guitar. Thought I was your best friend, but okay. <laughs> growing up. <laughs> uh, yeah, he lived down the street from my house, or my parents' house, so yeah. uh, we would just hang out. He he played guitar. Um, what is it? He introduced me to a few bands. He reintroduced me to some bands that I had just stopped listening to, like 311. And uh, he, you know, we started playing more like we started playing together and then we were like you know what this sounds all right let's let's see if we can find a bass player and a singer to you know make it a whole thing and this is when the first side show cinema oh no no this is uh unspoken that's the name of that band unspoken and how old were you at this point uh i think 17 maybe 16 so you had about three years experience on drums at this point yeah and andrew your best friend is like you sound dope i sound dope let's just make something happen so what was it like finding, and this it's going to sound messed up, but what was it like finding uh, band members back then? Did you still use Craigslist? No, back then it was just like... You just knew people. No, we were still in high school, so it'd be people from uh, school. Yeah. Yeah, our, uh, the bass player for that was um, Manny. Can't remember. Manny Williams, I think is his last name. <laughs> he's, like, like, yeah. he's like listening to this, it's actually Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, um, he was basically the only bass player that we knew Pretty much that I can think of. Like, yeah. Top of my, that wasn't, that also wasn't in another band. Yeah. Bass players are really hard to find. I feel like guitarists, drummers, and singers are like, it's rare when you find, you might find a guitarist who'd be like, I'm, I'm willing to play bass yeah. for the band, but yeah. you, you really want someone who's actually like strictly bass. So you guys are unspoken. Do you play a show with this band? We played my high school girlfriend's birthday party. I think her like sweet 16. What was that like? Was that awkward? Yeah, super, because uh, <laughs> the guy that we had sing that specific show got so nervous that he didn't show up. Like, he showed up and was like, sorry, guys, I can't do this, and then went home. How many people were at the party? I don't know, probably like 50 people. It's not that I mean, that's, that's a pretty big... It's a pretty big amount of people. I mean, that's more than but, some venues I've we've played at. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for, for a Sweet 16 birthday party, that's not that many people. Yeah. Because it, it's a lot of families and little kids. So what kind of music was it? Alternative punk? punk? Kind of like um, the, like uh, like ska punk music, but 
but a little bit slower with like a, a rave, reggae overtone, I guess. And no trumpets or anything? No. Okay. So did you guys kick that guy out or? Yeah, that was basically it for him. <laughs> Have you talked to him like since? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, he doesn't sing at all, like at all, at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think that at that point he was just like. I realize this, this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah, like this would be cool to sing, but I think it's because he um, he really liked Incubus and 311 and would sing along in his car, and he's like, I can do this, I know it. And then, yeah, once he had the chance to do it, it was just it was just too much for him. So what was your first show? Was it with Unspoken or was it with another band? Like first... Uh, Where your singer didn't bail on you at the last minute on some Johnny Craig shit. <laughs> I don't know, it's a good question. I, the first show that I can think of like really think of me playing was with the original, uh, let me see here, uh, Green <laughs> Green Leo band. So Green Leo was me, mm-hmm. my friend Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z? His name is Jay-Z, J-A-Y-Z-E-E. That's his, <laughs> that's, his, that's his legal name. He said his eighth grade, eighth grade was the worst year of his life. Then I, hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but him, Jay-Z, uh, me, Jay-Z, and uh, Alex, Congleton mm-hmm. we played we were just a three-piece that was also punk ska music uh that was one of the bands where we took like the same four chords and strummed it three different ways and that would be your verse chorus and bridge yeah and where was where was your first show at it was um uh, I can't remember the name of the place but it's now it's, it's a hotel on Rockville Pike mm, so it was it was in Rockville yeah it was that was Rockville. your first show yeah. how many people were there I'd say maybe 10 Hey, show's a show. Yeah. Uh, were you nervous at all? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that the the being nervous thing, st- I still get it. I just don't get it to the same level that I used to get it. Back then, it was like, I'm about to have a heart attack and throw up. <laughs> and now it's just like, oh, did I drink enough water before this? <laughs> oh, got to pee? Yeah. Oh, did I already pee? <laughs> it's like, did I pee on myself? Okay, so and what band? You said Green... Green Leo. Who made that name up? Alex did. Yeah, I had a, the singer. Yeah, he was like, "Guys, we're gonna be Green Leo." And you're like, "Sick!" It, it was <laughs> um, the name of like a city in a video game that he had designed or created or thought about. I, creative. I can't remember. Yeah, it was like, okay. You're like, I don't, I don't have anything. I just want to play drums. Yeah. So that band, I, I assume they, you guys broke up. I mean, we're st- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, we're still playing shows to this day. So what? All right, so just fast forwarding a little bit, like what band do you think was like where you kind of shifted from like just, you know, kind of just teenagers or friends playing in in the uh, in the group together and then it kind of was like, all right, now we're actually going somewhere with this. Like it's kind of elevating now. Yeah, it was uh, the 2006 version of Sideshow Cinema. There's going to be a lot of Sideshow Cinema references. Yeah. So this is the first version. <laughs> so Sideshow Cinema then was me, Jay-Z, this guy named Joe. That Jay-Z played, played. Yeah, played guitar. Played guitar. Yeah. So uh, when we were still in Green Leo, Jay-Z says to me, hey, how would you like to play something slightly different? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he was like, I'm kind of tired of this uh, pop punk ska stuff. What about this? And he's like, I call it pop metal. And I'm like, okay, so... <laughs> so then I balled up my fist and I punched <laughs> him right across the jaw. Because at the time, there was, there, I guess there was a, a name for it, but we didn't know that right. it would fit like under metalcore and post-hardcore combo. Right, yeah. So uh, it was me and him, and then we found Joe. I can't remember how we found Joe. And Joe is... Uh, he was playing bass. 
Ah, okay. Now I do remember Joe from videos. He is really good on bass. Yeah. Like he's his hand is constantly moving. I'm like, dude, that that, that guy shreds. Yeah. And then uh, there was uh, Rory who uh, played all the leads on all the recordings mm-hmm. and then would only play live with us every now and then, but he was not, in the quote, unquote, in the band. He just he just added extra guitar parts here and there. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then that was uh, Avery singing on those songs. Avery is the singer. Yeah. Okay. And what, uh, at what, I guess, what show was it or, at, like I said, the point where you was like, man, this band, we're actually, it's moving forward or progressing a lot more than the other bands. Uh, when we played at the Fletcher's Bar in Baltimore. Is that bar still active? No, it's gone. <laughs> but uh, that made me feel like we were a real band. Because mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, we're playing a real bar, a real venue with other real bands. How many people were there, do you recall? No, not at all. Probably like, I don't know, 10, 15 people. It's I mean, always, it was always yeah. 10 people. It's always 10 people, and that's including the band. And what bands did you play with? That that night? or Yeah. That, yeah, that, no idea. <laughs> But that was like your first introduction to like, whoa, this is a real, real show. And yeah, because I had seen other other bands that I thought were popular bands, cool bands play at that same place. And I was like, all right, this is this is real. So on the topic of shows, what is your I mean, I've played shows with you. I'm in a band. I'm in two bands with you. But for the people listening, what is like a secret ritual that no one knows about that before you perform? Like, do you do anything like like, like, do you do some stretches? Like, do you got, like, because I know, like, and we'll get to that, but, like, with Brandon, I remember he used to meditate. Remember that one time we sat in his car? We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. But, yeah. you know, some people meditate, some people drink honey. Like, is there something you do, like a pre, pre-ritual before you perform? Or I you just kind of go, I'm going <laughs> to go up there and perform. I used to um, drink a lot of, what is it, not drink a lot, it, um, I used to try not to throw up. That would be my rituals, just try not to throw up. Um, I, but after a while, I realized that um, like I kind of made that go away. I don't know how. But now I think I just drink a lot of water, as much water as I can, pee at least once before we play. <laughs> I would hope so. And um, if I remember to stretch, to stretch. Yeah. But there are times with um, like Like Fires Everywhere songs, Some depending on the set that we play, I don't. I feel like I don't have to stretch too much because it kind of starts light and it builds up yeah. over time. So it kind of like helps me stretch out. But uh, if we do start with a heavy, heavy song, uh, I do need to stretch at the beginning before playing. But usually I, I know that going in. True, true. So Sideshow, what was the downfall of the first Sideshow? Um, this is the band where you got the basses, you got uh, extra guitar guy coming into the studio. At what point did the band started to like fizzle out? So, uh, Jay-Z, I think <laughs> I'm, one, I'm never going to get never, over that. Never, Jay-Z. But, so Jay-Z started Rockefeller and then, <laughs> <laughs> but well, he, um, was starting to feel like he didn't want to do it anymore. And I was like, all right, well, that's fine. And then Joe got picked up by some, some metal band that like, I don't know, he had to like paint his face and he had like a fake stage name and everything. And he had to wear like leather and shit on stage. Hmm. And I was like, all right, well, that's if that's what you want to do, man, that's that's cool. But he got to like tour with that band. But then uh, I, I did reconnect with him last year. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me like that is like one of the worst times of his life being on that band. So Jesus. Yeah. So just a disclaimer, if a band forces you to wear paint, 
this could have been the worst time of your life. It's like paint, makeup, and leather. So that band fizzles out. Um, I think they did find another drummer, but I don't think they lasted too long after you left. So why did you leave? Oh, no, no, that that was that was uh, the band after Sideshow Cinema. Oh, so so you did you leave Sideshow Cinema or did they just kind of like depart and you were like, all right, well. Yeah, it was like, all right, well, I guess we're not doing this anymore. What was the next band you were in? Spark to Inferno. Spark to Inferno. Now, how did that come about? So that one, I think I just, I found, uh, I, I did a Craigslist thing for that. I found a Craigslist ad for a band and Matt was telling me, Matt's a singer, mm-hmm. was telling me that his band was looking for somebody that sounded, or a, they wanted to sound like um, Thrice and the receiving end of Sirens. And I was like, all right, well, I've heard of Thrice at that time. <laughs> uh, I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I tell him about my schedule, and he says to me, wait, I recognize that schedule. Do you work at UPS? And I said, uh, yeah, why? And he's That's like, creepy. <laughs> he's like, so do I. Hmm. Meet me here at this time on this day. <laughs> so I met him at my job. So he was working with you, and you never knew it? Yeah, because he worked in the main office, and I worked uh, where they unload the trucks. Ah, uh, yeah. that's wild. He had the fancy, fancy <laughs> job. Right, so you guys come together. Um, who came in with the name Spark to Inferno? Uh, Chris, the guitar player. Because uh, he w- he wasn't sure if he wanted to keep the old name that they had, which was uh, At Sundown. That's terrible. Uh, the other name was something Dancer. Okay, I take that back. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was like, or Spark to Inferno. And I was like, these are three terrible names. Three names I don't. <laughs> All right. Spark to Inferno is the best one out of right. these. Now, with this band, um, what was the style like? I, well, he said Thrice, and um, this was like MySpace days, right? Yeah. So how, how many years had you been playing drums when you got to Spark to Inferno at this point? Let's see, that was seven years? Taking on. So you go seven years, and the band's playing shows and stuff um hold up no nine years my bad nine years nine which years. is good and at what point do you feel like this band is like okay we're, we're gonna do something do you do you get that feeling when things are moving and progressing that you're like man this band's gonna make it somewhere even if it's like a local fame or yeah the the thing about this band is that back in that time <laughs> um jack's which was um, later turned into Empire and now no longer exists, Rest in peace. was a venue that would um, do like, I don't know, anywhere between three to like 15 local bands to open a show for a touring package. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the tours that we got to open for was uh, with like Amorosa and Broadway. Is this when Johnny Craig was in Amorosa? Yeah. Nice. So we got to see Johnny Craig up close. And Did, he, do the, did he join Broadway for that song? Oh, was I, it Kingdoms? Yeah, it was. It, they were touring on that album. Oh well, I thought he, you know, that song "Jump the Whale" yeah, or something I mean, like that. He, he probably did. He probably, he probably did. I, I, yeah, I don't remember at this point. Yeah, but um, after that, we did some Battle of the Bands at Jack's, mm-hmm. and um, we won. Mm. And we, it was, I can't remember how much money it was, but we won enough money to rent a van. So then we said, we're going to do a tour Mm -hmm. for just like a week long tour, whatever. And we'll rent the van with the money from that, that competition. So you went on tour. Which states did you guys go to? We went, uh, North and then 
yeah, North and West. So we did, uh, I remember the New York show. Mm-hmm. I think I remember the ones that had something happen more than the ones that didn't have anything happen. Let's start with New York. What happened in New York? So New York, they uh, we show up. The lady promoting it is like, all right, so what bands did you guys get? So we had to find our own bands. And then she was like, you guys needed to promote this show yourselves. But that's the whole job of a promoter. Yeah. <laughs> so then when, um, what is it? That was the show that we played in front of Kenny, the bassist uh, aunt, the mm. bartender and the sound guy. That was it. Even the other bands were like doing other stuff. So it was just three people watching us. And then the promoter was like, I'm shutting the show down. End it. When? Like While you guys are performing? Like, like right before we played. She was like, just play because we're shutting it down. So there were supposed to be two other bands playing after us. Yeah. Didn't play. Well, that's her fault. She's supposed to promote the show. Yeah. So next place or next uh, state on the tour. Uh if you can remember. It's like, I know, I'm pretty sure that we did New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, mm. and probably New Jersey before going to New York. Okay. So what, what was the next place or the next event that happened? Well, the one that, the next one that I remember is, uh, we played across the street from the, uh, the Ohio State University. Nice. At some small bar. There were two bars there or two places that looked like venues. And one of them, just look like a dive, just looks like it's just like a, a shithole and it yeah. and had people just like just uh, I don't know, people are gross. I'll just like, say that then. like leaning over stuff yeah. and yeah. And they were like, All right, oh you you guys are the band set up. And I'm like, This is where we're <laughs> So yeah, we played that place. Okay. And and I think that uh, there was probably like ten people there, but I think that they were all just drunk and making noise. Uh, not there to see us play at all. Well, Ohio's a rough place. Yeah. Well, so, and then the place that we played after that in Ohio, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Cincinnati or Cleveland, but uh, there was a girl there mm-hmm. that was like, she was there to see us, quote unquote. And then after we were done playing, she was like, all right, take me with you guys. It's like, we're driving back home. That was the last show that right. we had. And she was like, yeah, I'll come with you guys. It's like, no, we, we live like right by DC. This is not going to happen. And she's like, let me go. <laughs> I'm like, was she up. like in trouble or something? I, I have no idea. She was, she, probably, she was probably just really drunk. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know why people think that because bands are on quote unquote tour that they got money or something. It's like, no, you okay. guys were broke. I mean, what did, you, did you guys sleep in the vans? Uh, well, that night we drove all the way home. You're like, F this. Yeah. Uh, did you guys stay at hotels or anything? Yeah. So you guys had to have separate money outside of the, the van. Like you put down for the van, but then you had money to cover you guys yeah and then uh because at that time only chris was 25 or older or whatever yeah we couldn't nobody else could be a driver without it being like extra money oh yeah yeah so so chris drove the whole time would you if you could would you i guess my question would be is tour fun (laughs) uh it can be at that well back then was tour fun for you uh, yeah, I'd say yes, but for different reasons, not because of the, uh, not because I felt like I was in a successful band. I think it was more because it felt like fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's also a lot of stress that goes into it. Like you said, playing, you get there to promote, it's like you were supposed to promote the show. And it's like, we're in Merlin. Yeah. We're, we're in New York right now. This is not our region. How the hell are we supposed to promote this when no one knows us? So, you know, uh. 
That's crazy. So what happened with Spark to Inferno? Why did Spark to Inferno cease to spark All right, in the so Inferno? We were um, about to record our second EP mm-hmm. together, and uh, we went to Taylor Larson to do it. Um, and he was going to do it like after hours or whatever. So I went in, and um, it's because of Taylor that I actually learned how to play to a click properly. Nice. But because of that, he um, told me to... I show up, I set up, I play, whatever, and he's like, nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. And then he says, hey, do you know how to play to a click? And I'm like, am I not playing to a click? And he's like, no, you're not. You should go home, come back in two weeks, and then we'll do it again. So in those two weeks, I went home and actually learned how to play to a click. Yeah. Just kept practicing, practicing. So I went back and he's like, this is a lot better, but you need to learn how to hit your drums harder because you're you're barely hitting your drums, which is why I hit the drums so hard now. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Our eardrums, thank you. Yeah, but then I came back another two weeks later. Jeez. So it's like... Um, Are you paying for this while this is going on? No, I don't, I don't think we paid at all. Oh, nice. Or if we did, it was uh, like a discounted rate. Oh, okay. Because you said this was after hours. After hours, yeah. Right. So I think he was doing it as a favor, mm-hmm. or that's why. But um, this, is, this is before he became who he is now. Now he's like... Who is he? He's... Uh, <laughs> He's like the producer of like all these big bands now. Name a band he's produced for the audience, uh, including me. Uh, dark. I know that he did stuff for Periphery and Darkest Hour. Okay. And then he does like the mixing and mastering for... Um, Is it Foo Fighters? No, I don't think so. But uh, the uh, for Travis Orban. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. He yeah, did, he, he's, yeah, he's pretty known. He did the uh, Sideshow Cinema. Not Sideshow Cinema. The Spark... The Come on. Get out, get out of my bands. The Sky Eats Airplane <laughs> oh, okay. EP. Nice. That, that the three song EP. He did that um around that same time. All right. So you come back after four weeks. Yeah. You're hitting the drums hard as shit now. Yeah. What happens? Uh we get through the songs. I record them just fine. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's move on. So then it's Matt's turn to record. The guitars. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor says, do you know how to play to a click? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know how to play to a click, apparently. Uh, he gets asked to come back two weeks later. He comes back two weeks later. He gets pissed, gets into an argument, basically. Who, Matt? Yeah, Matt. Because uh-huh. he keeps having the same issues. I think the biggest problem with Matt there is that he's doing stuff where he's, um, it's like a weird uh, strumming pattern that is hard to play to a click. Yeah. So that's that's what the biggest issue is there. So he comes back from that. He and I have a phone call about it. And then uh, we just like basically start an argument. And then... Who started the argument? I, I can't remember. Probably <laughs> probably me. But I think at one point I said, uh, well, it's not like anybody actually likes this band. Why are we even a band anyway? So you definitely did start that argument. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I didn't start it, I definitely ended it. <laughs> yes. And then he was just like, all right, then let's not be a band. Damn. So where is the bassist and the other guitarist? You guys are the downfall as far as yeah, we, we were. But then uh, after that, uh, about a year or mm. a year and a half later, uh, he called me or texted me, I can't remember, and was just like, hey, we're getting back together. Do you want to do this again? And I said, no. <laughs> Why did you say no? I think at that time I was just like, fuck these guys. Yeah. But I mean, then- that, that happens. But then looking back on it now, it's like, or even I look back on it like six months later, I was like, I probably should have done it. Yeah, just to, just to, just to do it, yeah. just to kind of rekindle that friendship. So Spark to Inferno dies, or 
they do another one and I guess they stop performing and stuff and stop making music. What what is the next band? You've been in a lot of bands. Yeah. What is the next band that you were in? It's endless. Uh, the next band technically, technically was a band with you. Don't call it. Don't, don't, don't. don't I, to, I promised Steven I wouldn't talk. Don't have to, don't have to go into it. But that's, that's where me, you, Steven and what's his face got together. Marcus. Yep. And um, that was, that was terrible. It was a, it was more of an experiment than anything else. But we did like hang out more than anything. Else. Yeah. What's crazy is, so now I can finally talk about what I saw. So, Stephen, Marcus, and Nelson, you guys worked at Old Navy yeah. together at that time. Yeah, that's where I met them. Yeah, and I just remember I always, and I told my wife this, I was like, I always wanted to be in a group. I always, I'm fascinated with groups. NWA, uh, Temptations, anything with a group, I always liked it. So, like, when I first met you, I kind of thought you hated me because I had so much energy and I was super excited and you were just like, now I'm seeing your history. I kind of see why you're kind of like, calm down, like just just calm down. But I remember we practiced. It was it was such a weird, weird lineup because you were on guitar. Yeah. Marcus was on. He, he played bass. No, or yeah, drums. bass or something. No, Stephen was on drums. Okay, so yeah, so he played <laughs> bass. So that means you had to sing. I had to sing, and I was not confident at all. And I just remember walking through your house, and I was like why do you have all these El Salvadorian flags? And you was like, I'm, I'm El Salvadorian. I'm, I'm not white. <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes sense. But that band, I actually, I'm not going to put it on here, but I I, I know, I, I, I still have the website. Uh, like the, the doc? More lights, less hats. Oh, yeah. With us all taking like selfies. Oh my God, it's terrible. And then like, I don't, I'll, I'll show, I'm not going to put it on here because I don't want people Googling that. So, that band disperses, and I think that's when you joined a place in time. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's right. Because the place in time was looking for a drummer, so you do what you're supposed to do as a musician. You move on, or wait. We first we we first switched our instruments around more because I do remember Stephen playing guitar, and then I played you bass. played bass, and I played drums. drums. And Marcus, Marcus was supposed to be. Second guitarist, singer. Yeah. I don't. It was still weird, but I do recall um, when we found out like a place in time was this band that was kind of like rising because they were like easy core pop punk band. And I remember you joining, and I just remember us being furious. We were like, "Fuck Nelson! Like, how could he do this to us?" And looking back on it, I'm like, "We weren't doing shit. We we were we were recording in your mixer. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember you used to be like, "All right, don't mess up." <laughs> and then like you could not mess up because then he's like gotta start it over but um like the days of not knowing about uh how to punch in <laughs> oh yeah that that was that was horrible but um so did place and time happen before ordinary bones i feel like i'm confusing the timelines now uh, i yeah I, yeah would have had to it would have had to happen. Because I think Cause, you cause left. Because must have been at the same time for a little bit. Yeah. So briefly, just give us a quick summary of A Place in Time. Because you were in that band for, I believe, the Transition EP. They had already released. Um, yeah, they released the first two EPs that they had. Yeah. And you were on Transition EP. So what was it like to be in A Place in Time? And then, you know, what was your reason for departure? So the first... The first um, couple of months or my first show with them was at uh 
Baltimore. Not Soundstage. What's the bigger one? Ramshead. Yeah, Ramshead. I remember that one. Is that the one where Joe like lays on the floor? Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Joe laid on the floor so much. It's hard oh, to tell. Oh, my gosh. That guy. But uh, Place and Time was the first band that I'd ever been in that played basically what felt like every, I'd say every 10 days or less, we were playing somewhere. Jeez. So it was just playing and playing and playing. And was playing. that exhausting? Sometimes, yeah. But sometimes it'd just be like very exciting because I'd get to see some bands that I would never see anyway. Mm. So that was fun. Um, what is it? We did the, that first EP together. Um, it kind of sucked for me because I show up and they're like, yeah, the drums are already done. And I'm like, oh, did, did the last drummer record them? No, they're fake They're fake drums. So you got programmed drums. How do you feel about that as a drummer? Do you like programmed drums? Back, back then, it was like devastating. It was like, <laughs> oh my God. Now it's like, yeah, that's that makes sense. It's going to sound tight and it's better sounding than what I'm going to make it sound like. I think I, I'm kind of torn because I do like the natural sound of a drummer. Yeah. But I do like a precise drum sound too. But it's like, it's, I guess it's kind of like pick your poison. If you, you like it, it's cool. But I prefer real drums because I know you, you're playing it. Yeah. Is there, was there any song on there that was like, man, this is going to be hard as shit to play? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's... um. Don't don't get your feelings hurt. That one, yeah, the drums on that is ridiculous. Because yeah, and it's all because of one riff that uh, Joel came up with. That was like <laughs> when we were practicing that that song. You would think that that riff was gonna be the main riff of the song, but no, it's like ten seconds of the song. And then that's the hardest part of the yeah. song. So you you guys do like I know you guys went on a mini tour. Uh, did the car break down or something like that, or the van broke down? Uh did it break down? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we had to get uh, an oil change at one point, but we didn't. It didn't break down. Did you guys finish the tour? No. Well, what happened was that was the uh, the whole situation with my brother. Oh right, right. Was at right. that time, so we mm-hmm. so we had a four week long tour booked that uh, we canceled the last three weeks of. So you did one week. Yeah, one week. Did that hurt you guys in any way, or they they were kind of like understandable? No, I don't. The, the guy that booked it was like just some random guy that oh. I can't remember who, who they met right. and got it done. But um, when he booked it, it was um, canceling. It seemed like it was a whatever thing. Yeah, he probably was like, ain't no way I got these bands. I ain't got no money for these guys anyway. But uh, based on where we played, um, it seemed like he put in some effort, but not so much that like, you know, I think out of, out of the seven Shows we did, I think, uh, like three of them were like, "Wow, these are good shows." <laughs> Jesus. The other ones were like, "So you guys play all every single day?" Yeah, I don't think we took a day off. That is awful. Um, yeah. so what was your reason for leaving a place in time? Well, let me tell you this first. The reason. <laughs> let me tell you uh, this first. The reason why I'm here. That for <laughs> the reason that 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 tour being um only one week worked out was because Kevin's amp just like gave up gave out like three or was four it tube days. yeah that's why them tubes gave out um very early well not early but in the middle of it and then like by the end of it and he was like oh shit here we go again <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then um barry and joel just fought the whole time yeah that was fun and then everybody except for me was or me and joel was um 17 i think so they were underage yeah, so then uh, I, every time that any one of them ha- was driving, I had to be in the passenger seat. Oh. Like, no matter what. Yeah. 
So it was like, oh, God, I really don't want to just have to be up here every time. Right. And then, of course, they were kind of scared. To, yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so then on the drive back, it was just like, oh, this is going to be rough. But that was uh, 2013, which was the same year we got to play Warp Tour. I remember that. For But just a local date. But then we also released that EP that same year so or at the end of the year before. So we thought this was our year. Right. But then because of all the fighting with Joel and Bari, it was like, all right, well, something's going to happen here. So Bari quit or got kicked out one or the other. I can't remember. But Kevin left with him because they're a package. Hmm. So then all of a sudden it's me and Duo and Joel and it's time to record something else. So this is when we did that split EP. And I hate to say this, but the other band had the better songs. I did like Telephone Lines. Well, I they, did like that one. They had one really good song that made the other three songs sound like shit. Yeah. No, Telephone Lines was good, though. But it's just like to go from transition to that, it was kind of like. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, for transitions, they were talking about taking out the double bass from the songs and to, to, to not just be a, 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 what is it, an easy core band. Yeah. So if you listen to those songs, there's no double bass on any of it. Couldn't fool me. It's super bassy. Yeah. Who recorded that one again? Uh, was it Taft? No, Eric Taft? No, it was um, Greg. Greg. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. I know Greg. Yeah. Yeah. He's super bassy. It's, not, it's nothing wrong with his recordings. It's just, I just remember it being like. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a pop guy. Yeah. So, so it, everything popped. So you leave. Um, Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Yeah, so then, uh, what is it, once they left and then that happened, there we had to get somebody else to come on, so that's when we got Caleb to come on, and then there was issues between Duo and Joel, so then Duo left, and um, we got Danny to come on, Danny. and then we recorded The Real Thing, mm -hmm. but I can't remember if that's the order of when they joined and when we recorded stuff, but at the end of the day, I was just like, Nothing's really happening with this. I don't really like the direction that the music's going anymore because now it's not It's not like um, the band that I joined that I wanted to join was an easy core pop punk band. And now it's a let's do the weirdest timings we can possible yeah. and just be like a weird band. Kind of like uh, Joel wanted us to sound like Block Party. Uh, yeah. yeah. And but I like Block Party. Block Party but, is good, but, but Block Party is Block Party. Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually agree because I remember listening... Me and Steven listened to like transitioned and we listened to the real thing and we were like, I mean, it's good, but it's not what we expect from a place in time. It was definitely going in this very weird alternative direction and not more like the pop punk, like your mom doesn't really like you because I'm looking for my, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, yeah, so you leave um, and I guess who did do you recall who they got on drums? I think was, I know uh, they. After, I think it was after I left, no nobody was on drums okay, for a yeah. long time. Cause they had programmed it. Yeah, and then they got um, uh, what's the, <coughs> the the guy that did your music video? Oh, Ian Bell. Yeah, sick drummer too. He he came on, I think, to just to fill in for yeah. a little bit. But I think now technically Brett is their like actual drummer, drummer. Oh, okay. And he tr played drums to the um, full length that they recorded. Nice. And Brett's also a dope drummer. Shout out to those two. So at this point, you've been doing that. So on this side, um, when do you meet Chris? And that's when I'm going to interject because that's when Ordinary Bones forms. I think I I must have met Chris. Like I don't even know how. I, oh, <laughs> maybe. Uh. I was in a fight. 
I think around the same time that I started listening to or joined a place in time, I heard Chris's old pop, like pop band. Is, is that the one with the the octopus yeah, probably. EP? Probably with Dan D'Amico and Joel or Joe. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it was just uh, what is it? I was thinking about messaging them to see if they wanted a drummer or mm-hmm. needed a drummer, but then the thing with place and time worked out. Right. So then um, I think uh, I must have done another post somewhere and then been like looking for a band. But this might have been <clears throat> between the real thing and that split EP. Because I'm pretty sure I was still in a place in time when that, that whole thing happened. Yeah, I don't think you quit right away. But I think at some point you were like, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I just want to see <clears throat> how far it can go. Yeah, I think I, I technically quit when Sideshow Cinema had already happened. So yeah, so that means Ordinary Bones had to happen before then. So, you meet Chris. So let me just backtrack. So while you're going through your <laughs> your saga, um, me, Marcus, and Steven, we're still forming a band. So we're like F Nelson, da 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 da. At this point, so when I play bass, I was like, I gotta get good on this thing. So I was like learning the most difficult songs at the time, like DGD. Um, first song I actually learned was Paramore song, and then I think I learned like Fallout Boy, and. I don't know how Steven and Marcus met Chris Perez. And I remember we jammed at Marcus's house and I had that one song that was like, uh, it's, it's the over my shoulder song. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, so I had that song and we were practicing it. And I just remember Chris like being really weird. He was like, let me talk to you for a minute. And I was like, okay. And he was like, listen, you're really good on bass. And you don't deserve these. These guys don't deserve you. And I was like, can you let go of my arm? (laughs) But he goes, I remember he was like, I've been jamming with this guy named Nelson. You should come through and jam with us. And I was like, Nelson, Nelson Tikas? And he was like, yeah. I was like, he hates me. Because, you know, again, I'm thinking back then, like, and all that stuff. And then, boom, we come together. And that's when... You're like, oh, wow, you got really good on bass in like a few, how many years it's been or two years, whatever. And Ordinary Bones form. And I think that's when Dan D'Amico joined and Alex Mola joined briefly. So now we can both talk about, (laughs) we're we're kind of progressing now. So I just recall uh, you had that one song, uh, Meet the Qualifications, and meet the qualifications to this special occasion. <laughs> and I just remember Alex Mola, he, I, it was crazy because I knew me and you were kind of like, all right, let's, let's see where this goes. But I kind of figured Alex Mola was like, this is a side project. Like it's yeah. nothing serious. Um, I do recall telling, and I remember the day I quit backtracking, I told, I told Marcus and Steven this, I was like, I can't be in a band with you guys. Nelson's over here playing fucking Warp Tour. We're we're over here at Marcus's girlfriend house practicing. Steven still learning, still got that one power chord. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Marcus was a he was an okay drummer. Like he wasn't bad, but he wasn't. I mean, it's like, come on, dude. Like, you know, whatever. And I I remember telling him, I was like, next time you guys see me, I'm gonna play. It's gonna be at a show. And our first show was The Pinch as Ordinary Bones. Um, yeah, I remember I remember it took a while to get, get the show and get all the songs down and be like, we're going to do this. This is the show. 
Because I, I think we play with heavyweights. Yeah. And I used his bass rig. Yeah, I um, think I think getting added to that show with heavyweights was uh, more like a hey, we know these guys. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And I just recall being nervous as fuck, but I do remember this. Call- <laughs> Trigger warning. Possibly, we had a song called Seven Eleven. Never forget. Oh my god! But that was probably our like best song. It was really heavy. Um, I don't even know what Alex Mola was singing. I don't even think he knew what he was singing. Um, do you remember anything about that show in particular? Uh, only, only thinking. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is. I'm doing. I'm one and done with this. Yeah, I think. I think we kind of looked at each other like. We're not doing this shit again with them guys. And I think we had spoke to Dan outside of that and was like, hey, would you like to stick around? And I think Dan was like, yeah. And I think it was me and you and Dan for a while. I don't know what happened to Chris. I don't know if he got kicked or. I don't know. That might have been one of those like, oh, let's just not let's just not talk to him anymore. But I remember Chris was like, no, I remember Alex after the show. He was like, this is fun. We should do this again. And I'm like, this was a terrible show because I remember when we were supposed to perform, Alex was like making out with some chick in a bathroom. Yeah. And they were like, where's your singer? We're like. It's like we were supposed to start five minutes ago. No idea. <laughs> Alex. Like. Come he, down. Then he comes down and he's just smiling with like makeup smeared. He's like, all right, guys, let's do this. It's hard to forget that. It was hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so we then we go. So this is where Ordinary Bones transitions into the second generation of Sideshow Cinema. Yeah. Um, Decide, decided to keep the name because I was like, eh, nobody's going to really remember that first Sideshow no. Cinema. Which is crazy because if you go to YouTube, you can actually find the old Sideshow Cinema. Yeah. Um, which, which later becomes an issue again. <laughs> Jesus. And so Dan's in the band. Oh, I don't know how Joe gets in the band. Joe and um, Matt are both uh, dance Matt. friends. Oh, right. Matt, the singer. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I I think um, we were kind of riding the wave of having Joe. Because Joe's a really good guitarist. He shreds. And then I think Matt was like, we did a cover of a Blink-182 song. Yeah. And he like, remember he took his shirt off and he was like super red and he was just screaming. Yeah. And then we were kind of like. Let's just, this is it. This is perfect. And, I mean, we played some good shows. Angels Rock Bar, I know for sure, and Charm. Charm City Art Space. That is no longer up and running, unfortunately. Yeah, the the amount of venues that we said that's no longer (laughs) existing. And um, so with that band, we never really released anything. No. So we uh, got asked to record at a um like a student studio and they just said you just come in two days record for like a couple hours each day and that's it it was free right yeah and that's why i was like yeah let's do it whatever yeah so they started recording us got the drums done i remember i had to go after work that's why i'm wearing uh, there's pictures of it where i have my work shirt on i <laughs> uh, got the drums done which took a while yeah and, and then um what is it you got your bass done and then it was time for a guitar, but <laughs> Dan, because he was, um, he was a diabetic. He fu- yeah, he had found out in the past year or so that he was actually like diabetic. Um, he was like, "I gotta eat first before I can just uh, start start playing, man." 
So he and Matt got into this argument because of it. I remember that. So drums were done. And I don't know how many songs we did. We had to do like, because we had nothing serious. The over my shoulder. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, it might have just been. The two we songs. had two songs. And this shit took us two days. That's ridiculous. Now it's like we can knock two songs out in a day. But we had went to get Chipotle. And we were like, all right, we're going to get some food. Because we had been there since like. Like four or five. Yeah, it was going on like eight, nine o'clock. We're like, all right, fuck this. We're going to go eat. So I just remember Dan gave himself the shot and he was eating. And then Matt was like, oh, you're going to eat. You're going to eat when the guys are recording. You're going to eat. And then Dan's like, if I don't eat this food, I'm going to go into a coma. Like, I'm I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> And he's like, whatever, whatever. He's like, we're supposed to be a band. Why are you not watching us? And then he like slams the door and we're just like, huh. And we keep eating. <laughs> So the Joe is Joe is in there recording. Is oh, the third one was Palindrome. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the, the song where the song, just, the song I wrote about Hannah for Hannah, <laughs> that she is like, oh, you've never written a song for me. All right, sure. <laughs> You're like, all right, honey. And there's this part, and like Joe's just doing like this leady thing, like, and I mean, it's hard to keep that up because the song is super fast. It's really, really freaking fast, and. <laughs> I'm gonna let Nelson tell it. What do you witness, Nelson, in the studio? So we're just we're just sitting there. He's doing the song, messes up, and it's like, uh, all right, like I don't care. I get it. He's gonna mess up. It's normal. Yeah. We messed up a bunch of times. That's why we're, we're there for so long. Right. So then he does it again, messes up again. Then you just see Matt just grab a bottle, a bottle of water, half half empty. It's just like just throws the bottle on the ground. It bounces so hard it hits the ceiling, hard as shit too. And we were just like all staring at each other, you know, like huh. And I think immediately after that he like picked up the bottle and was like, "All right, take as long as you need, man." And he right. walked out. I don't remember him recording vocals at all. I don't think we got to record vocals in, in there. <laughs> I think, cause remember, he went to Joe's house to do it. Yeah. And that was a whole thing. But yeah, I, from my periphery, from what I saw, I didn't even, I was sitting in the back and I kind of saw him out my eye. And all I heard, he was like, Da-da-da. and then you can't, cause they had a mic in the studio. It was a, it was like a studio where um, the drums could be playing at the same time, bass could be playing, cause I, we were doing direct in. So I think that's how we did it. Like, I think I was playing along with yeah, you. Yeah, that probably makes more sense. So that's why we were, me, you, and Dan were finished at the same time. I think Joe was like, I want to do it by myself or whatever. But, and then, you know, they got a mic so you could talk back to the guys on the soundboard. And he's like, and he's like, oh, I think I messed up. And then Matt's just like, God damn it. And he's just like, <laughs> fucking slams the thing, hits the ceiling, like Nelson said, bounces off. And I think he walks out. Then he comes back in, picks the bottle up, and he's like, take your time, Joe. Yeah. And we're just looking at him like, and even the people on the soundboard were like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> and these are, these are college students. They're like, okay. Yeah. So he, Joe does the song, but you know, these are college students. They're learning how to mix. We get the mixes back and we're like, oh my God, this is, we could have did this. So, yeah. and I think that's when Joe said he had recording equipment because he had released the album or EP and it sounded really good. And so we're like, cool, do it, Joe. And Joe was like, uh, I need the frequencies to be like, it was just, it was a mess. And um, yeah, I think, uh, 
I don't know what happened, but I just know we got an, it was an argument and Joe was like, Matt was very aggressive and, and, and he was also take, he was taking cigarette breaks and shit with, yeah. um, I think, remember that time Matt got into a fight with Alex Mola? No. At Green Turtle? No. You don't remember that? No. Oh shit. I remember he pulled up to your house. It was a practice one day and he had a black eye. Oh yeah, okay. You remember yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, it was him yeah. and Dan and Chris and Alex, Chris Perez from Ordinary. Bo- what the what? What coincidence? Coincidences. <laughs> Coincidence. The new band and the old band. Right, and I don't know what happened, but I know Alex put on his Twitter like, "Why is all these guys talking shit?" or something like that. So, um, yeah, that band, that first side show cinema was just rough. Yeah, it's actually it, like Matt. We just were like, all right, Matt. It's over. Yeah, it's it's done. And, and then Joe was like, why'd you guys kick Matt out? Why'd you get rid of Matt? Dude? It's like, did you not see the water bottle fly in the studio? <laughs> so then Joe was out. Yeah, Joe left because Matt left. I mean, well, Matt was kicked. And I think Dan was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just done. Yeah, he wanted to do that, that solo thing where he played everything. Yeah, and I mean, it was his song. Nothing Serious was a pretty good song. But it did, which Alex, I think Alex Mola was in the early stages of that sideshow cinema. Cause I remember him saying, this song reminds me of, uh, buried alive by, yeah. Uh, since, since it's fell. Yeah. yeah. It's cause it was the same chords and almost the same structure. Stru- I mean, it literally was it's like, yeah. <laughs> so me and Nelson are back at, at square one. We're like, well, what the fuck do we do now? And I think, I don't know when you introduced me to DGD, but I was like, man, we should play some, some shit like this and it had to be earlier because i had learned a ddg i mean dance gave a dance song and i think you yeah because you still were in a place in time because that's how you met danny and that's how i met kurt ah because he was playing for heavyweights yeah yeah right so yeah you were like i know this guitarist named danny let me get let me tell you guys how i meet danny he's drunk as shit what what was that auto bar Yes. Yeah. It was at Autobar on the fucking second on the, the, with the where you could sit in the seats and stuff. And this guy is just fucking lounging on people and shit. And I think Dance Gavin Dance was playing. Yeah, I yeah. think I think so too. And I was like, "This is the guitarist." But Danny was a really good guitarist. He shreds. Yeah, I'd say Danny is probably still a good guitarist. He just yeah. doesn't play guitar anymore. I don't know why, but um, then Kurt joins. Now Kurt is was the drummer for heavyweights that we played with with ordinary bones at the pinch and yeah, he, he was doing uh backup vocals and i was like you know what this this guy's actually it's all right he's not <laughs> as good as the singer singer but he can you know, sing he can hold but, a tone but it makes me wonder if he would be better for this style of music right because they were trying to really sound like fallout boy yeah they really were and um so kurt is interested in being singer but i'm not sure if brandon came first or kurt uh, I think it was Kurt because I think we had that video of Danny and Kurt playing um, "Bear with Me." Oh yeah, no, but Brandon was in that video because we but, started dancing. Well, and remember, Kurt pushed me out the way because I took too long to get out the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh-huh. you actually heard me like crash into the trash can. I was like, "Dude, dude shit!" <laughs> and but you met Brandon interestingly because he actually jammed for you one time. Yeah. Back before, or no, after Spark to Inferno, I 
did a, a another Craigslist thing or whatever. And uh, the singer for Spark to Inferno, not the singer, the guitar player for Spark to Inferno, Chris, who also did backup vocals for Spark to Inferno, was like, you know what? I want to, I kind of want to sing in a band. Nice. So it was me and him. And then we found Brandon Barletta. And then my friend Kent, who ended up being in my wedding. Nice. Um, but uh, who's actually who I'm planning on seeing today, later today. Nice. Um, yeah, that we did that, but we recorded a demo for one song. It was five minutes long. It's a long ass song. <laughs> but like, if you listen to it, it makes sense. It's like, oh, it starts with drums just yeah. clicking, and then it starts with drums adding another part, and it's like another part and another part. Right. So when Brandon comes, I remember Brandon was like, "I know you." And you were like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> I've been here before. You were like, "Who the fuck?" No, you haven't. And then he ends up explaining it. So then Brandon joins, and he was more of like a circus survive. Very ambient guitars. I love his guitar playing because it was different. It wasn't like just shredding. And so we had all the elements, but more band drama. So then Kurt, as a drummer, he would nitpick at your drumming. Um, yep. Not not really nitpick, but kind of like offer suggestions. We'd come in with more with more drum parts for songs that we have than lyrics. For the songs that we had written. It's like, yo, we got like four songs. Where's the lyrics? He'd be like, I'm working on them. I have lyrics for two songs. And then he'd be like, uh, 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 there, there is a couple of things that he suggested to me that made the the EP that I was like, you know what? Kurt had a pretty good, pretty good idea here. I'm just going to do it. It was one ending I think you used for, was it Bear With Me? Yeah, that was one of them. In and the Sideshow Cinema. I mean, in 2.1 song. Too, I think. Yeah, and then uh, there was uh, in X years, I do something that he suggested. Hmm. But nice. one thing he suggested that I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that, uh, was in <laughs> 2.1 where he was like, why don't you all just start at the same time? Do you remember that? I think that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. He was like, why is the drum start first? We should all, you should all just start at the same time. I was like, because I want to isolate my bass part with what he's playing. Yeah, that's, and that's why I was like, we're not going to listen to that. Just going to start drums first and then bass. Yeah. 2.1 is a really good song. And yeah. so we, we, we go, we, we, we stick with Kurt. We go record with Andy Sizzik. Shout out to Andy. Cause he's doing his thing. And, um, uh, yeah, I think we recorded the songs and we heard him back and we were like, yeah, the two songs that had lyrics bear with me. And uh, it's called Fubar at the time. Yeah, it was called Fubar, and I think um, you know what's crazy though. I I may I may I may get hate, hated for this, but I actually liked his lyrics on Fubar. It was I think it was about a drunk girl. Like yeah, I mean, the lyrics weren't bad. Yeah, take it back, take it back. I forgot what he used to say. He's like, it's like yeah, the the lyrics and the melody were pretty good. I think it's just that the key that the song was written and the key that he was singing in did not work. Yeah, because we were playing in C sharp, and I think he was. I'm, I'm no music theorist, but what are you in fucking A or something? I don't know shit. But I did like his lyrics. Um, I do remember X years because it was like he used to be like, Farewell, it's been hell. your circus. I think it, it also made it seem like, um, yeah, it, would, it made the post hardcore sound that we were going for more of a pop punk, pop punk, fallout yeah. boy sound. And I think. I just remember Danny being like, no, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it this way. So 
I send a text to Kurt. He literally reads the text and he goes, I've never gotten so little out of so much. And I was like, geez, man, I'm just, just telling you what the band's saying. So Kurt leaves, so we kick him, and now we're stuck. I mean, as you guys can see, the common pattern is <laughs> drama. And then that's when Trevor joins. And I had been messing with one of their members in the band. Her name was Danny. And uh, of Apollo, of Apollo, and I just remember showing you guys Runaway, and Danny was like, "We need to get him in this band today. We need to get him." And I think they had just like stopped doing music or like kind of broke up or whatever. And I was friends with them because I've you know I've been to their shows and stuff, hung out with them. They were all cool people, and I was just like, "Hey, man, we got this song." And I remember he did bear with me, and he was like. Damn, what, what the hell was the lyrics? I can't even remember the lyrics. I just remember people listening to it and people were like, this guy's vocals. Yes. Are <laughs> insane. Like, so, uh, and I think at the time he was living like far as shit. I don't know where he lived, but it was further from everyone else. Everyone else, like me and you live locally, like 10 minutes from each other. And I think Danny lived in. No, Danny lived really it, close to my parents' house. His parents' house is really close to my parents' house. No, he was in Montgomery. I mean, he was at University of Merlin, right? Yeah. That's close oh, to your yeah, parents? That's, that's right. No, <laughs> no, no, his parents' house in, oh, yeah. in Silver Spring. Right. And then I think Brandon was in Rockville. Yeah. So we were not too far, but I think Trevor was like District Heights or like, yeah. it was always some like... Like 40 minutes away. Like Virginia. Least. So um, so we, we, we go back with Andy. Andy... Loves the vocals and everything. Um, oh, now it went from one, what is it, two songs to six, so actually five. It was five songs. Yeah. And then we we wrote a song together, and then we were, I was like, let's do it. Let's let's do it. Now, that was me being pushy. Yeah. But I'm glad that I did it because uh, there was no second EP. <laughs> it wasn't. Nelson was very pushy. I remember we were talking about merch, and everyone was like, I don't really know what I like. And I, I'm not like... Nelson was like, I already bought the damn shirt. I already ordered them. They're on their way. They'll be here on Thursday. And then... It, Wait, what? <laughs> and then we got them and they were like, oh, these are actually pretty good. And I remember the song we wrote together was the Hot on the Hill song. And I think that started off with you just playing drums. Yeah. Just fucking around like... And I was like, oh, shit. And I added bass. And then Danny came in with... Uh, guitar parts, and then he had some screaming parts, and then I just remember I was like, "Put some rap on there," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> In insert that clip of "Don't ask me to rap." <laughs> Don't ask me to rap. I'm not a rapper. And yeah, so this album comes out, and I mean, this shit is like, I remember, uh, what's that band? What was that damn Capture the Flag? Remember that band? Wait, which which band was that? Remember that guy? He he had glasses. I can't remember his name. Oh, Carry the Banner? Carry the Banner. I said Capture the Flag. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Carry the Banner. And I remember he was like, yeah, this band is going to take over. And we did nothing, guys. Well, I think so in 2013, when um, A Place in Time had their spot to shine or whatever, whatever um, I think that in 2016, this was our, our Three years time, later. Our time. And no. then I think it could have happened if um, we were more available to like play more frequently and do more shows. But we were able to do small runs here and there, like small weekend tours. And stuff. Yeah. 
And I think it also it was just the timing. Like, you know, at this point, you've been in like plethora of bands. At this point, I'm just kind of getting my foot in the door. Danny was also in a place in time that was doing stuff. Brandon also, like we all were at different areas in our lives. I think at that point, you know, Trevor was on his way to getting married or he was. Yeah, I think he had just gotten married. Or like. Or engaged or something. Yeah. So they were preparing for the wedding. So a lot of times Trevor couldn't make practices and stuff. But I think what it really was, it was like we saw what it could have been and we didn't protect it. Like we just we just kind of was like, all right, we're here. And like you said, I think if we were to play more shows and I think if we would have like really marketed ourselves on the social media sites, I think it would have really blown up. Because I think, you know, we got offered like deals they were shitty deals, but we got offered deals and it felt good to someone recognized our music was like, hey, we want to sign you guys and stuff. So um, I think it started to go downhill when I, re you know, when <laughs> Danny um, purposely like saw the success and he let that interfere with how the like how are you supposed to interact with other bands and. For everyone listening, so when you're in a band, the last thing you want to do to a touring band is make them feel like you're using them. So, like, when you go up to a band and you're just like, hey, love your music, you guys are awesome, that's cool. But when you're like, hey, love your music, here's our demo, then they're kind of looking at you like, okay, so you're only talking to me. So we were playing, we opened for Idola. Yep. And this was at the sidebar. And we all, at this time, we had just recorded... Um, we asked Andy for some rough mixes or something like, I think it was X years and like maybe MIB or something. And we were like, yo, we just need these demos. We put them on CDs and with the attention to hand them out, obviously. But cause I remember we went to warp tour and I think me and you were the only ones handing them out. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was probably the hardest day of my life. Cause I'm <laughs> like, I don't know how to sell this shit. I'm like, we kept lying to people too. Remember we were like, you like blink 182? They're like, yeah. Like we sound just like this. And <laughs> oh, you like EDM? Well, you might like this too. <laughs> it's like NWA, X years, perfect. Like, listen to it. So, uh, we're at the Idola show, and I'm talking to the bases, like, "Hey, you guys are awesome." Da 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 da. And Danny just interrupts the conversation, goes, "Did you hand him the demo yet?" And I'm like, "Ah." And the guy looks at me like, "So that's why you're talking to me, <laughs> so you can get money out of me, not knowing these people." probably in the same position as us, they just signed and, you know. So that was kind of like the slow uh, progression of us kind of like Sideshow Cinemas just falling and stuff, so. Funny side story, that's where um, Andy met Macari because they played that show too. I remember that. And they were like, your vocals are really good. Yeah. And he ended up going to Florida to like record with them and he now he's in that band and they were on tour and all that stuff. And so I do recall, before we get into the drama, I think the best show that Sideshow Cinema ever played was probably at the Rock and Roll Hotel. You remember that show? Yeah. Because we, we remember we walked in in that room and somebody was <laughs> somebody was fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put them out there, but let me just say they were in your memory. <laughs> in my memory. For in sure. my memory. I remember, cause I think we were just like, it was ecstatic. We had it was a big crowd too, and 
we had just finished. I think there was a bar upstairs, and yeah, um, it like turned into a nightclub at night. Yeah. After, after the show, so we we were drinking. You know, everyone's drinking, and then Nelson's like, "All right, I'm I'm ready to go." I was like, "All right, man." He's like, "Let me just make sure I got everything." <laughs> then you then you went back to the green room one last time. Let me check the green room, and I don't know, but he had that girl bent over. <laughs> Damn. He's like, I'm gonna bend her over, show her the American flag, if you know what I mean. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crazy. And then the yeah. downfall, you know. Then of course, you know, every we we're at this level, and then it just kind of slowly just start dying. So for you, what was the turning point in SciShow Cinema? Well, I want to say that the EP release was probably my favorite show because I felt like that one. Oh yeah, that was really good at the Velvet Lounge. Where people were just going crazy, uh, Rock and Roll Hotel and Velvet Lounge no longer venues, by the way. I know it sucks. B- both permanently closed. Um, I think um, it was the second EP that was the downfall. Because as soon as we started writing new stuff, it was like uh, because the first EP, like I wrote three riffs that later became you know the full song, and then you wrote three riffs that became the other three songs. Mm-hmm. But then it was like. Um, now it was time for everybody else to write the write the stuff, because back then it was uh, it was just me and you working on ideas with Dan. So it was just kind of like, all right, well, Dan, here's here's my idea, and then we took those songs and then expanded them with these guys. So then when Danny brought that one song that later became <laughs> "Common Zombies" by Humble Abode, there was another song he took that became a Place and Time song. Yeah, I was like, are you? Are you serious? But uh, <laughs> when he started writing that, I was like, "Oh, this is this is not too bad. This will fit with the music style. It'll be good." Right. But then it was when uh, we would try to say, "Hey, how about let's practice this other song?" He'd be like, "No, no, let's focus on this one song, Chinatown. That's what it's called." Fucking Chinatown. And he's not even from Chinatown. No, he's never been to Gallery Place Chinatown. In DC. <laughs> yeah, and you know, to backtrack a bit. So when it was just me and Nelson. We would just sit on music. We would just have so many ideas so that when people join, it was it wasn't like, all right, we gotta come together and write. It was like, here, listen to this. And a lot of times Danny you know, I, I will honestly say that Danny did make the songs better. Like I remember the two point one, you had that one strumming pattern and he was like, Why don't you make this I think the verse or something? Or he said like No, I think yeah, he was like, make that the verse and not the chorus or something like that. Cause he was like, It's a really cool verse and stuff. I mean, cool strumming pattern. But then, like you said, like with Chinatown, I think he was just like super pressed for it. And to me, that song was like, it was good, but it wasn't like. Yeah, no no wow factor. Yeah, no wow factor. And then, like I said, at the time, Trevor was engaged and he was planning a wedding and people were moving. And I think Trevor had moved to somewhere else. And then um, I think for us, it was also kind of hard to, capitalize off the success of the first one because it was like man this album is so good but it's like how the fuck do we top this yep. and i remember we wrote um saber truth tiger yeah <laughs> and we wrote this other song and i think what it really was danny was just kind of like hostile he was really hostile in certain environments even for, like for the cd release remember he like came in throwing his fucking bags like oh fuck dc parking it's like dude there are people here like calm down like i get it parking sucks but it's like you know you found parking he's like i gotta pay 20 bucks for it oh it's like dude there's street parking like just drive around like you may have to just walk you know or whatever and so that kind of 
that stuff kind of happened here and there. And the other thing with like, with Danny was like him and Brandon, they had two completely different writing styles. So like a lot of times I think Brent, Danny had to write for him at one point or like, it was just like, it was just a lot going on. And we kicked Danny and Danny basically is like, fuck you guys. I hate you guys. I think it was, it was fucked up too. Cause fucked up. I mean, I don't really, it's not fucked up. I don't care. We did what we did, but <laughs> he tries to log in. Remember he texted the group chat. He's like, Hey, did the password change? And we're like, yeah, that's, that's where I had it. You're like, take over. What sucked was that the four of us had talked about it and we were like, all right, let's, let's do this. And then it was, but who's going to do it? And we're like, Nelson, you're the dad. We designated like, you Nelson guys to suck. be. <laughs> so I remember thinking, like, like, you guys suck. I was so pissed. Then I just, what I did was change all the passwords. <laughs> and now with, with smartphones, now it's like the second you change a password, it's like, bring something wrong with your phone, something wrong with your email. Check <laughs> it. Check it. Someone, someone just changed your password. If this is not you, you know, hit uh, not me so we can, you know, lock them out or whatever. Yeah. So then I had to do it. And then uh, it was just, I think it was through text. I don't think I actually called him or anything. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, we talked about it. So then that made him hate me more than he hated you guys. Yeah. He hated all of us. But now look at the table has turned because <laughs> I hate him now. I don't hate him. I dislike him. But uh, he, I do remember him sending like this long speech because I mean, and we're kind of, jumping all over the place because i can't remember every detail but it was a lot of like real he was just danny's one of those people where he's kind of like it has to be my way like you gotta do it my way like it's only because i remember he was like i'm taking a business class i know what i'm talking about like we gotta do it this way and it's like i forgot about the business yeah i remember all that shit and i just be like dude we made great music why can't we just keep this momentum going and he's like no, we got to be like this and, you know, uh, da, 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 da. And I remember, like, even for the music video, like, we were like, you don't need your pedals. It's like, oh, what, but, but, uh, uh. He's like, I'm putting my pedals in there. I'm like, no one else has their pedals. It's literally guitar and amp. That's all you need. Yeah. You're not, he's like, you, you, you know, and uh, it's just, you know, I mean, like I said, he's a great guitarist, but it's like, at what point do you separate the musician from... The, the talent from like the person because like you can't I can't work with someone who's super talented but like they get on my goddamn nerves like I, I just can't so Danny leaves I think Trevor that's when we got Mac yeah and I think that's when the direction of the sound changed and yeah. I was like because Mac is um is a metal guitar player yeah that like even when he was in um Wander. Yeah, thank you. Uh, when he was in Wander, uh, with a V, he didn't um, he didn't write anything. It was all uh, Jack writing both guitar parts. I can see that. So he would just show up and play what Jack wrote. Yeah. So this was his first chance to write stuff. So it was kind of like, hey, I know you haven't written anything, <laughs> but uh, can you play this? Right. And Max is a great guitar player, and like I said, I think th the style it was going in, I was just like, I'm not with it. Brandon was just kind of there. Yeah, You know, he just, you know, Brandon did his thing on the EP as well, but he was just kind of there. And I think, again, I think Trevor, like, moved to California for, like... Yeah, so that's, so that's, that's, so this is where I come in again by myself. <laughs> this is, this is what it was like from the inside. So it was the, we played that show, that Kurt Travis show. That was that, my last show. And y'all pissed me off because I said, can we play this one song? And yeah. we're like, no. I don't even remember like, what song that was. It was the song that's like... Bruh, nah, 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 nah. Was that a, a song that was a demo still? 
Probably. Yeah. I wanted to play it anyway. I think that <laughs> Mac probably didn't know it. That's probably why. Right. But uh, Brandon wasn't there either. Yes. So that was that was what made it funny because it's like, hey, we're breaking up without realizing that we're breaking up. Yeah. So it was. Um, what is it? At that point, it had been like six months since Danny was kicked. So we were still like working on ideas or whatever. And uh, at that point, you were dating that girl. That From was of Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. That was like crazy. Uh, like you, it was taking up so much of your time at that point that you were like, hey, guys, I'm not going to do this anymore. I remember I saw you guys at the soundstage show for DGD. Yep. And before that, two two black girls loved them to death. They were like, "Hey, you're the bassist from SciShow." I was like, "Yep." They was like, "How's the music coming?" I was like, "Ooh, nope." I just I didn't tell them. I was like, "Yeah, look forward to it." She's like, "Yeah, it's so great to see a brother, or you know, like someone who looks like us in the music scene like this." And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> and I I had just quit, so I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna." They're probably gonna rip off the posters. Like, fuck these guys, they're false or whatever. So yeah. So yeah, it was it was that with you. Brandon didn't even show up to the last show because he was out of town. I guess I don't know. Yeah. And then Trevor was moving to California, so it was like, all right, this might be it. So then after that, uh, I hadn't heard from Trevor again. You were just gone. You were MIA completely. <laughs> and then uh, Brandon, I think I, I don't remember hearing. He from technically him never left the band, so yeah. he technically is still inside show cinema well, to this day. Technically. <laughs> and so then the fourth generation. I don't know what generation we are on SciShow. Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's where uh, Mac and I were like, all right, well, do you want to keep this genre? Do you want to keep playing this or do you want to change it? And he was like, do you care if we change it? I was like, no. And he's like, let's go heavy. And I'm like, let's go heavy. So then this is when SciShow became metal. Yeah. Now, how was that for you guys? Was Because I know I did see a few comments where they was like, this doesn't sound like the old you. Yeah. Or... Yep. A lot of people were like, why did you guys change your style? What happened to the singer? How come there's no singing anymore? <laughs> it's like, what is this? But you died, You guys did get fans from the metal, right? Uh, well, it. Um, I'd say if you look at like the plays on Spotify, you can tell where people stop listening. Mm. And uh, I think that it's like, and you can tell where it came back up again. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that drop off from the people being like, this isn't what I liked. So they dropped off, and then there's new people that are like, like this is what I like. I like this, yeah. So you guys, you know, I think you guys get the singer from Birthright? No, well, eventually, yeah. But first it was the singer from Year's End, okay. Sam. Uh, yeah, so Mac and I were like, let's write a, a full-length album, whatever. We'll write 10 songs. Let me just say this. Nelson is going is, has orgasms to long albums, like <laughs> length albums. Anytime he can do that, he'll be like... Let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, we had agreed to do 10 songs with Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. The guitar. Oh. Uh, yeah. The same From, recording guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, what is that? The Monster House. Yeah. Um, so, we, we just did it. We're like, all right, we have four months to write 10 songs. So, we did it. And those are the 10 songs that you hear. I think we wrote 13 songs. And you just picked the, yeah. the best 10. And that's one thing about me and Nelson, like we can hammer out songs pretty quickly, which we'll get into when we get into the humble abode side. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, whatchamacallit, so uh, we did that, we recorded, we didn't have, oh, I guess he did join it by then, so he recorded the vocals, and then before we released it, we were like, all right guys, this is it. Do we keep the name Sideshow Cinema? I think y'all should have changed Or that. do we finally <laughs> let it die? 
<laughs> and then we were like, we just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then we were like, let's just keep it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's funny is the name of that EP or the name of the album is uh, Palace. Mm-hmm. That was the other name. That would have been the band name if we changed the name. I think Palace would have fit more. I think so too. <laughs> and that's and that's uh. So if uh, if I end up ever releasing more music with Mac, it'll be Palace. It'll be Palace. That's good. We'll probably drop the Sideshow Cinema name. So how many albums did you guys release under the new metal? Not new metal, but metal, uh, metal. sideshow side cinema. There was the full length. Mm-hmm. There was the um, the one EP after that. Mm-hmm. Maybe two EPs. So, um, so it's like fourteen or sixteen songs, something like that. In a span of like how many years? Like one or two? Yeah, like three. That's not bad. Yeah. And how um, you guys play shows and things like that? Was there a beef that you had briefly with someone? I recall uh, yeah. seeing that. All right, yeah. So there was okay. So first, one of the internal beefs was uh, Mac and Sam got into some sort of argument. I don't know what it was because mm-hmm. I wasn't in it at all. But then all of a sudden, one day, Mac says to me, "Yeah, we need to get a new singer." And I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Sam's not in the band anymore." Damn. It's like okay. <laughs> so then uh, I I message Sam to see what's going on, and he won't talk to me. So I'm like. All right, I guess um, he's not in the band. I guess he's not. Yeah. So then uh, we get this other guy. Um, was it Inquiry? Oh no, that. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Shout out to him because he's dope. <laughs> uh, Justin from Inquiry was the first singer to sing on these songs. Yeah. By the way, Sideshow Cinema did a tour with Inquiry, and that's where we met Justin. But yeah, he yes. he was down to do it, except that he was driving up from Richmond. Mm. And, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that's... we were like, you don't really need to come up here to do this but if you don't come up here it kind of like i don't know at that time we were like yeah it's probably just not going to work out it's going to be a lot of a lot of effort yeah so that's why that didn't work out but then we got sam and then that whole thing happened with sam and then we got tyler tyler was all right but he was in between the recordings so there's no recording of him other than live oh wow so then tyler and (laughs) mac had a conversation that i was not a part of then all of a sudden what the fuck is going on in yeah, conversation? Yeah, we need to get a new singer. <laughs> and it's like, why? What happened? Uh, Tyler's no longer in the band. Jesus. <laughs> like, Jesus. Also, message Tyler. Never got never got a response. I think I messaged Tyler. I can't remember. Right. I know I did it with Sam because we eventually, like, I eventually talked to Sam and he's like, yeah, I'm not interested in singing in a band anymore. So Sam, by the way, does the screaming in the um, Captive Son EP. Nice. That they released. So, was he in Captain Snow or he no, just featured? He just he was just featured on the last the last song on that EP. All right. Uh, and then we got the singer from Birthright, Josh, to do it. Mm-hmm. And then with Josh, we released the last EP or whatever we did. Our last two EPs, I got I, I can't even remember what we. So at some point, I come to you, and I'm like, "Hey, you want to bring back the alternative, like emo esque." When when was that? Because you were still in Sideshow, I believe. Yeah. That would have been uh, three years ago. So, and so what's that? No, it would have been four years ago now. Jesus. So in 2019? Yeah. So basically, Nelson had this song called Mr. Glass. Yeah. Is that the song? And I remember you had the strumming pattern, but then I was like, what if I took that strumming pattern and revamped it? And I sent it. To, I think I sent you like a part one and part two. It was supposed to be one. If they if they played next to each other, is one continuous song. But um, yeah, so me and Nelson, we we just linked back up, and I think at this time, 
I think I was still living in Silver Spring. Uh, yeah, I think that you were like in, um, you had moved to Wheaton or, or off, I don't know where I was off of university. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we, 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 we touched bases again and then we're kind of like, cool, let's, let's start this up again. And then, so you're still doing SciShow. Yep. And I think I was still doing Humble Abode too. Yeah. At the time. And, uh, so with Humble Abode, really quick, um, basically, we had jammed. We kind of skipped a lot of parts in SciShow. I mean, it's so much information. But when Danny was kicked, we tried Grayson, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. But the only, the really, really the only reason we didn't go with Grayson's because of how young he was. He was like 15, 16, yeah. But he was really good. He's really good on guitar. Yeah. And... Grayson messages me. He's like, hey, man, I got this new band that I'm working with. You want to talk about a drive? I had to drive all the way up to Virginia. I don't even know what part of Virginia, but it was far <laughs> as fuck. And Grayson, this is how dedicated these guys were. Grayson and Elvis used to catch the train with their amps all the way up to fucking Virginia. And Yusuf, the drummer, used to pick them up and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I go and... They have the they ha they have the songs that are actually on Spotify now. Foilage, it was called Carmine or Carmine at first, and that one became Cinder, and then Apathetic Aesthetics. That was a different name too, um, but Foilage was called something else too. So they have all these songs, and they like the weird time signatures. They were a big fan of Chon, and um, so I I dig their style and stuff, and it was crazy because they kind of looked at me like, yo, you you were successful. And I'm like, boy, this is not success. <laughs> like, no, not at all. And so they kind of, I kind of took on that mentor role really. And then we had one singer and she was cool, but like, it just didn't match the style. And, you know, we had to let her go. But then Danny at the time was doing vocal covers with Andy and he was kind of getting popular and stuff. So then I, me and Danny talked about the whole side. I mean, he was still on that shit. And I'm like, dude, this shit was like fucking years ago. Like, yep. let it go. <laughs> and uh, we we kind of talked it out. And then he joins the band. But I don't know why I started. Oh, band drama. So Yusuf was one of those like super, super woke people. Like. Like he he would you would think he was blacker than me. Like he'd be like, man, you don't understand police brutality. I'm like, bro, bro, Black Lives Matter. Come on, dog. What are you talking about? And then, uh, him and Danny would just bump heads all the fucking time. Elvis didn't have a pedal board. He didn't even have a tuner. It was just like what you know. So it was a lot of back and forth stuff. So we recorded the Humble Abode EP. I'm I don't know. I'm mixing up timelines. Uh. We recorded the EP with Andy, um, and I think Danny did like. And this is this is where I realized Danny cannot be in control because the moment Danny gets that leadership role, this dude is like a dictator. Like he just controls everything, which is crazy because at first he was like, "Hey, me and you got to stick together because we know what we're talking about." I'm like, "Dude, it's not us against them. Like we're all on the same goddamn side here." Like, yeah, I mean, there was stuff that. I feel like we had more knowledge about, but it was like, dude, we're, we're a team. So 
uh, I remember we wrote this song called Status Quo Syndrome, and we had this, I went to Gillies, where Danny worked, and we sat down and storyboarded, like, how we wanted the music video to go, and we shot it with Ian Bell, shout out to Ian. And Danny was very particular about who wears what, <laughs> and we were all in agreement. He was like, it's kind of like this mansion, like, I think it's an Airbnb, but it's, like, very aesthetic, like, old school looking. So he was like, everyone kind of wear, like, button-ups. Elvis shows up in like a red hot fireball t-shirt. And I don't know if you guys remember I Am Legend when Will Smith is like, no, no. <laughs> like Danny's like, no, no. And he like jumps in his car, pulls out like eight shirts. He was like, just wear one. No. And then uh, Elvis is like, thanks. Can I wear this fedora? <laughs> Danny's like, no, no. So we shoot the video. Um, I think I think I know when I started like fires. It's when Yusuf left. Yusuf literally left the day after the video shoot. Like he literally texted us like I can't be in this band with Danny because they were going back and forth and shit. And Danny was like, you know, I'm not racist, right? I'm like, I don't know. Great, <laughs> a great way to end any conversation, right? Well, you're not, you know, I'm not racist. You know, I'm right? not racist, right? I mean, they were going back and forth about some political shit, and then we kicked Elvis out because he just. Let me tell you the, <laughs> it's fucked up, but. This Elvis was like, I have a memory issue, and I went to the doctor for it, but I forgot to go. <laughs> I forgot to go back to the doctor for that. It's like, bro, I I had to mute the phone. I busted out laughing, but so we were kind of on a hiatus until we figured what out, and I think that's when I started like fires. I could be wrong, yeah, but yeah, you asked me, you asked me to fill in for a show, one show, bug. yeah, because it was opening for. Um, Body thief. Oh yeah, in Towson, and uh, I remember you you had to have a talk with Danny because you guys because he was still upset about me kicking him out of Sideshow Cinema. He was like, "You think like is Nelson still worried about it?" I'm like, "Dude, at that point it had been like four <laughs> full years." Like, dude, let it go. So we start like fires everywhere. I think we put an ad out, and I think Patrick joined. And Patrick is really good because. I didn't have to show him how to play it. He just learned how to play it by ear. And then we put another ad out. And I think we met Patrick at Fridays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, even though I met him on the train first. Yeah, you met him on the train first. Because I, I looked him up, um, saw all these pictures of him. And then I was getting on the, the Mark train. And I just like was texting him. And I'm like, hey, are you on the Mark train going to D.C. right now? And he's like, uh, yeah, why? <laughs> Then I just went and sat down next to him. I'm like, hey, how's full, it going? Like a full-on creep. <laughs> like, how you doing? I'm going to follow you to your stop. And I think with Peter, shout out to Peter, he was also in a band called Pyro Ohio. Um, and they're actually working on some stuff. But then we did an ad for him, and then he, we also met him at Fridays. So our... our yeah, our, we, we did that on purpose. So at that point, we were <laughs> like, let's just all meet him at Fridays. Fridays. And it was like, Sure. And we kept saying, well, that's him right there. And then, you know, he comes and, you know, we talk about the music and stuff. And then we do a do-yourself recording of the self-titled album, which was pretty good. Could have been better. <laughs> I, I think that um, the biggest problem there was really just the um, the drums. Because, uh, what is it? Every time that I messed up, because nobody else played to a click, just oh, yeah. me. And every time I messed up, it, it like um, we didn't else. we didn't get to redo it. Right. So then, yeah, it would throw everybody else out off. So we but we recorded a lot. We recorded "Falling for Autumn," 
And then we recorded, no, first we recorded Summer Heights. Then we recorded Falling with Autumn as a monster. Summer Heights also ourselves. Yeah, ourselves. And then, yeah, Monster House was falling for autumn and waiting through winter. And we're currently waiting for Hope Springs because <laughs> yeah. we haven't gotten to it yet. But, um, yeah, so that that whole idea was the idea of no long, of not releasing a second full-length album, but instead releasing four EPs. So at least we broke the curse. We we because our whole thing was like let's not just do one album and be like a band that quits. Like yep. let's do an album and so at this time, uh, Nelson we asked Nelson to fill in for drums and that's when we do Common Zombie. Yeah, that, that after I got asked to 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 join the band like a couple weeks later. Yeah, and then yeah, Common Zombies was recorded during quarantine. Yeah, it was a rough it was a rough patch and. Grayson unfortunately had a medical condition, which unfortunately put him in a position where he couldn't be in the band. So we got then we found Leon, and I think Leon knew Body Thief, and then Leon knew another guitarist named Greg. And this is where <laughs> Humble Abode just dies. Like it just, it, it's not dead; it's still active. But for me, it was like, yo, I, I can't do this anymore. So I don't know how Danny did it. I don't know how who he talked to. But he gets in contact with some guy at this label called We Are Triumphant. He's like, yeah, this is going to be great for us. And I remember he kept pressuring me, you, and at the time, Grayson, who was still in the band at the time, to, like, sign this contract and all this other stuff. And I'm just kind of like, all right, cool. And my whole thing, the reason why I bumped head with Danny so much is because Grayson was gone. Elvis was gone. Yusuf was gone. All the original members of Manic Mansion is gone. So the sound is going to change regardless who writes it, if I write it or whatever. Um, and he's like, we got to do 10 songs. And I'm like, why don't we just do five? The two full length instead of yeah four EPs? All because of a 50-50 split versus 40-60. I'm like, dude, how much money do you think we're going to make from this? Spotify payout, it's, it's, it's shit. It's pennies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think... Every thousand stream is like point zero zero three. Some sh- it's it's not even a penny, and so he we're going back and forth. Greg doesn't give a fuck because he just joined the band. Leon is like I'm new to this shit. Nelson's like I don't care. Just tell me what the fuck to do. Well, at that point, it was just me, <laughs> you, and Danny on the contract because uh, Grayson oh, yeah. uh, now that Grayson's out, his part of the contract is uh, void. Void. Yeah, and Leon and Greg didn't sign it. And so my whole thing was, I was like, if we're going to do an album, we have to do it in a sense where we're slowly introducing people to it. It's a waste of time to just introduce 10 new songs to a band that's already been established with their sound already. And we just, we just got into it like so much. It was like, it was a lot of side conversations. There was a lot of things said like condescendingly. And I was like, yo, I, I, I gotta, I gotta get out of this. But for me, it's when he told me to shut up. I was like, don't you ever <laughs> say that. Like, And it was, and this is all through text. So it was like, bro, you wouldn't say this to me in my face. And I'm not telling you to shut up. I'm just saying, bro, like, relax. Like, you know, chill out. So it got to the, and I was, I was heartbroken because that was a band that I've been with in the beginning with Grayson and then, you know, Nelson just, you know, what was the process for you for leaving that? Because that was my process. <laughs> yeah, after after you left, I told them uh, at that point, uh, 
Hannah was pregnant, so I was <laughs> like, listen, with the other band and the baby and the job, uh, I don't know after we release this full length, whatever we were saying at that time, right? Uh, if we're gonna, if I'm gonna have too much time to devote to this band because yeah. it wasn't my main band. True, you were asked to join, and on top of that, they were still kind of like we were po- we were supposed to re-release "Humble Abode," "Manic Mansion" with like two acoustic tracks, and we're kind of me and you were sitting there like, "Where are the acoustic tracks? Like you can you can literally just get a microphone and record this." Because <laughs> we signed those contracts or that contract in February of twenty twenty one. Yeah. And Common Zombie came out 2022? No, it was still 2020. Oh. 2020. It was uh, in October of 2020. Right. Because he, he was trying to make it so the Common Zombies were people with COVID or something like that. I did not know that was it. If that was the case, I would have boycotted that song. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, it was what? something like that. Yeah. and but, it, but he was trying to get it to come out for um, Halloween. Right, right. I remember that. And I just remember... We agreed to do the 10 songs, and me and Nelson were powerhouses when it comes to music. We're like, all right. Yeah, I think we had eight songs ready to go like two months later. Yeah. Like at least at least eight ideas. And we were like, let's do this. And, you know, this is no disrespect to Leon, but his writing style, he's not used to that, which I respect. But I felt like, okay, well, we got 10 songs. I'm trying to get this shit out ASAP last the last release like you said was 2020 like no one has heard from us since you know yeah we're doing cover like they're doing covers and stuff but it's like let's just power through this and the thing is when we write songs it's not like follow what we're doing it's like yo if you have an idea or you want to change like it's 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 literally open to suggestions and you know like configurations so i don't know what happened there but um the thing that pisses me off is that they do re- they do re-release the album, but they're but they're promoting the music that me, Grace, and Elvis and Yusuf wrote. <laughs> yeah, that they don't play live. Yeah, they don't play live, and I'm like, just where's your where's your music? And so I left Humble Abode. Nelson follows suit. They get Fab to replace the bass or play bass, and then you know, um, I'm not gonna say who, but. There's some drama in Humble Abode, and it was kind of like a, I told you so, because I warned them. I, I said it. I was like, yo, I've dealt with Danny before. This is how it's going to be. And they're like, fuck, this is exactly how you're saying it. So um, after Humble Abode, I get pissed. So I hit up Nelson. I'm like, hey, let's start another van. Yeah, while while still in like fires everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, fuck this. Let's start another band, because... I, I had a song called, I forgot, I don't even know the name of it, but I had a song and I was like, let's let's get this. And then Trevor, I just randomly was like, let's see if Trevor can do this. Well, this all also happened because uh, we were releasing the EPs once every three months, but because there was a hiccup on the winter one, yeah, it kind of discouraged everybody for a little bit. That, that That is also a lot of writing too. It was It was a lot. And I think looking back on it, I think we didn't realize how much writing would go into it and how much time it would take. I blame it on me. <laughs> uh, because the first EP, the summer EP, was what we were supposed to do. Three songs and an acoustic song. Right. Uh, this is Like Fires Everywhere, by the way. Yeah, and then the uh, the other fall EP, the best one, 
uh, the best one was four four original songs. So then we felt the pressure to do four original songs again for the winter one, yeah, and then four again for the spring. So then it was like, all right. So now we went from only having to write twelve songs to sixteen songs. I mean, we still did it, and I I still like waiting through winter. I do think Falling for Autumn is the most cohesive one mm-hmm. that I can listen to from start to finish. Waiting through winter, I might because we had Radar for so long. I'd be like, yeah, Radar was like in the it was should have been in the first first right. EP, and then every, the other songs are pretty good too. It's just you know, Falling for Autumn. It just hits a little bit more, and I think yeah. because we had more time to sit on it and kind of know yeah. what we wanted to do. I think the summer EP would probably be better too if uh, it was re-recorded. I mean, that we could do that too yeah. and just be like summer hope or whatever hope summer. And so I hit up Trevor for In Shallow Seas. He is like cool. And his wife also coincidentally plays guitar. So that was like a double package. She, and played, she played guitar in Of Apollo. Yeah, she played guitar in Of Apollo. And then the rest is history. So then it was kind of, it was just funny. It was kind of like a, not going to lie. It was kind of like a diss to Humble Abode. It was like, yo, I can, I can quit this band, start another band and still do more stuff than you guys. Which was crazy because we shot a music video like within like what, uh, like like four four months. Like four months, we had a single out that got over a thousand streams. Then we well we had pockets that came out first. Then we had Baja Blast. Then we got Artist Life. And not only that, Veronica's a really good artist. So like, artwork is like a breeze. <laughs> yeah, she enjoys it. Yeah, I mean I enjoy it because it's free. <laughs> it's like we don't have to pay anything so yeah she did the lyric video too yeah she she did the lyric video um we actually have a upcoming music video shoot when is that next sunday i knew we had something sunday but i just could not remember what it was it's next sunday jesus christ well luckily we know what we're doing yeah now finally <laughs> because we we were kind of going back and forth um so yeah that's i mean we we didn't go into all this stuff i think uh probably got to get drunk to do that but like oh remember the time <laughs> oh I, I i was looking it up uh, it was one full length and two eps for a total of 17 songs for sideshow cinema with me and mac nice and um whoever was singing yeah i had different singers for each album yeah the second ep was actually written and recorded when sam was still in the band mm. but then uh what is it he left like right right after we recorded the music or right before we recorded the music. And then we just never got Tyler to record. <laughs> I think he demoed a bunch of stuff. So I do remember him demoing stuff. Yeah. But yeah. And then the fourth, the, what is it? The last one was all, was all, um, Josh. Oh yeah. From uh, birth. Right. Yeah. So going through your history, our history with all these bands, what's, What's one thing that you've you've learned from all this? Don't join bands. <laughs> uh, to try to have fun. Once it's no longer fun, just to kind of just let it go or let it sit on the back burner until it becomes fun again. Yeah, I think I realized that musicians oftentimes are assholes. Yeah, you you meet you meet so many assholes, and you know, um, I mean, like I said, we 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 didn't even get deep into like. They're like some people are predators in the music scene. It's just like Jesus. Like, well, what's funny is uh, when I play shows and people try to talk to me, I'm not used to people talking to me, so I, I just get really awkward or weird or give really short answers. It's like, hey, great, your, your drum is real. Your drumming's really good, man. Uh, thanks. 
Like that's that's pretty much the whole that's, conversation. That's all I say. Thanks, man. Half the time I know they didn't watch me because I saw the crowd. It was only five people. I guess you I'll, came in now at six. So I think <laughs> I think next time somebody says something to me, I'll be like, Oh yeah, what was your favorite song? What's your favorite part? <laughs> it just put the mic on them and they're just like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think for me it's I agree. I think I'm learning to be honest with myself and I think for the longest I kind of like and I think you did this with a place in time like you were kind of like I don't want to be here but you're like let me just see where it goes because it it could be potential but at what cost I think for me humble abode was like I was I was literally losing my mind I was like I'm gonna kill Danny yeah I shouldn't say that but I said it and I have to put this out and it's going to be on Spotify and police are probably going to be investigating (laughs) this recording now it's like no I, I I think that um I would have stayed in humble abode if I didn't feel like I had to rewrite all those songs we had worked on. Yeah. Cause it was like, why would I, why would I do these eight songs and then have to start over? Yeah. And like, I, I know he was going to keep one at least, but that was it. And I think it was, it was also because we were the only ones writing. Yeah. That was, that. I mean, then Leon would write stuff, but it was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I see where you're going with it. But I think, again, it was also the direction that we were going in. And I remember Danny specifically saying, and I, th- I don't know if you were on the phone or what if it was a text, but he was like, if Leon leaves this band, this band is doomed. I'm like, yeah. bro, I'm like, dude, you literally write guitar. Like, what the fuck? Like, just write guitar. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like I, I wonder if, if it would have just been him writing, and, like him and uh, Grayson writing together. If uh, this band would have still been a band, well, Grayson, you know, like, yeah, even even with Grayson's thing, yeah. Well, Grayson said that he he reached out to Leon and nothing came of it. And I think, like I've I, I've had established a, a a writing relationship with Grayson, and so it was kind of weird when it's like I'm used to guitarists being able to play off of me, and I'm also able to play off of them, and I feel like that's what separates you from being a, a, just a guitarist versus a musician. Cause you know, you just fill in the pockets, you know, and, you, and, and I'm, and I'm open to suggestions, but I'll never forget that one song we had that actually became a like fires everywhere song. Like Grayson killed, like that song was really fucking good. Yeah. And I remember Danny was just like, nah, <laughs> he was just like, nah, common zombie, bro. I'm like, common zombie is like four fucking years old. And you didn't change nothing about it. Yeah, that's that's why I had to change something. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna do something slightly different. During Honestly, the I don't even. I'm glad I'm not in a band because I don't even know how to play that song. I I'm gonna tell you straight up. When Andy recorded, because I remember he recorded it at Joel's house. Yeah. I, I I I fucking winged it. Yeah. Like on that second verse, I do like this groove thing. They were like, "That's sick." I was like. I don't know what the fuck I did. Never playing it live, so it <laughs> Never, doesn't matter. Right. I'm not playing in this shit again. So <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that was our journey. It was it was a long, long journey. You know why Nelson plays drums? Because of ska and Latino music and uh <laughs> so, Yeah, what's so. what's funny too about that is that like uh I do all this double bass stuff now, but I didn't start learning like really trying to play double bass until I was in um Spark to Inferno. So I had been playing drums for like 10 years, essentially, at that point. Right. And then I was like, what if I can do this? <laughs> what if I... But do- even then, it was like, how fast can I play? Right. And then you're like, I can't play that fast. Yeah. <laughs> so then it wasn't until the metal 
mm. uh, sideshow cinema where I was like, you got to play. What if I can do like do that do 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 stuff instead of just like consistent, just fast. And your pedals are heavy. Yeah. Do you have to have them that heavy? Can they be lighter? It, yeah, it just depends on the brand you buy. Yeah, I, I I try to play. I'm like, what the fuck? And the fact that you're doing it that fast, them shits are heavy as fuck. Yeah, you get used to it. No. <laughs> no. And uh, real quick, before we go, because we're, you know, it's getting going on two hours now, and I know you got places to go. Jesus. <laughs> um, last question. How much does it cost to, like, replace items on drums? All right, good question. Um, so you mean like the drum heads or yes, like just in cymbals? general, like we, oh well, well, better yet, when you got your real drum kit, how much was that? Uh, the first real drum kit uh, was a um, what what's now called a P PDP drum set. It used to be a Pacific DW drum set. Yeah, uh, that one was. I think they paid six fifty for it. Six hundred fifty dollars. Uh, yeah. It was, and they still cost around that same that that much. They probably cost like a thousand dollars now. Yeah, um, that includes everything, like yeah. stands, symbols, and all. Stands and symbols. I still use the same hi hat stand nice. from then. That's why it's falling apart. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, I think I got that when I was um, like 17 or 18. Yeah, yeah. So, had so that. when you break something, do you replace all the parts, or you just kind of like? Wait till it breaks and then you replace it. Uh, well, symbols I'm, I should replace more frequently than I do, but the symbol that I need to replace right now is three hundred fifty dollars, just the one symbol. Jesus. Yeah. So it's funny because that's how much the my first drum set was, and <laughs> this is just a symbol. A symbol. But yeah, like like heads and stuff. Heads are like anywhere between I think like twenty to like fifty dollars, depending on the size. Yeah, and depending on the like. Yeah, like the size and like what style you're going for, I guess. I don't know shit about drum hits. And then uh, with cymbals, yeah, it's the same thing. Same like style, size. Like my hi-hats that I play now is two 15-inch hi-hats, and they're $200 each. For the bottom and top one? Yeah. You can't get them together? You can. But it's just... It's, it's $400. Jeez, man. That's why when I crack them, I'm like... <sighs> yeah. Do you get insurance on this stuff? Uh, I have. And sometimes the insurance just runs out and I forget to, to claim it because they yeah. haven't broken. But of course, they break like a week after the insurance is, <laughs> like, is done. Done. Fuck. Yeah, there are people that do that. They're like outside of a guitar center with the insurance. They're like, all right, the insurance runs out next week. I'm just going to walk in there, smash it in the parking lot and just be like, the ship broke. Do you go to guitar center? <laughs> uh, for cymbals, uh, only if I have to buy it today. Like if I if we have a show tomorrow... And I need that symbol today. Yes. Now, who do you usually shop at? Uh, I use Reverb, which is an app to buy used gear. Oh, okay. Sometimes they sell new stuff there. But if I'm buying like just random shit, it's either Amazon for sticks because they got the sticks I like or Sweetwater. Nice. I just hate the uh, the constant calls and emails after I buy something from Sweetwater. Hey, man, did you like it? Did you like that symbol? <laughs> Was it good? Did it sound like and you'd be like, like, like you're oh shit, here we go again. They're like, ah shit, all these damn emails. Yeah, yeah. At least they give you candy. Yeah, exactly. It's always stale as shit though. It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, you want some coconut chocolate milk or something? <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Of course, you know, appreciate having Nelson on here. Oh my hand. Yeah, and cut, cut it. it. It's, <laughs> 
I gotta make that fade out or something. But yeah, that was the story of like Nelson, all his bands, and you know, you guys can um check out all his bands actually. All the previous bands, Sideshow Cinemas, one, two, three, and four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I I've I I've been thinking about putting that first that very, very first EP up on online from yeah. two thousand six. Yeah, just put it on SoundCloud or something. I think I think it's on SoundCloud or YouTube. Sure. But the YouTube issue was that if you go to youtube.com slash sideshow cinema back when you used to log into youtube without gmail yeah that's uh that's the that's where you can watch all the sideshow cinema from 2006 mm-hmm. videos that's I the live in that one but it's, uh it's, i don't see you but i see a guy wearing baggy yeah. jeans yeah that's the bass player that's <laughs> the uh bass player's girlfriend that filmed that whole thing that's why you can't see anybody else <laughs> she's i was like she's like boyfriend it's like yeah the band boyfriend <laughs> exactly but that's but because of that that's why the uh the new sideshow cinema or the last sideshow cinema doesn't have youtube.com slash sideshow cinema makes sense well nelson appreciate having you here can you give give everyone your shout outs like a uh, social media site where people can follow you follow your bands aka my bands as well uh it's uh nelson Tikas, um or at nelson Tikas on i think everything and uh, what is it? Follow like fires everywhere. I Tikas. Oh, it's uh, T I C A S. You sure? <laughs> yeah, T is in Tom. <laughs> I C A S is in Sam. Um, and then yeah, follow like fires everywhere. That's like L I K E fires everywhere, and uh, in shallow seas. And is there um, a band after that? No. And then if, if you want, if you want to listen to some old metal, uh, sideshow cinema. <laughs> You want to listen to some or, old metal? Or if you want to really dig it up, Sideshow Cinema. Uh, what is the name of that EP? The first EP? Needless to say. Needless to say. There you go. A DGD reference. And Danny was like, that's fucking sick. I'm like, calm down. And then <laughs> the drama from that album cover. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we didn't even touch on that. We didn't touch on any of that stuff. But it was drama for sure. But like I said, thank you for having Nelson on here. This has been uh, awesome. We got about one fifty hour and fifty five. I gotta edit all this stuff. Probably edit this part out. No, I won't. It's all gonna be in there. Um, um, <laughs> um, um. So yeah, we're definitely gonna have more musicians on here. Hopefully, I can get everyone from in shallow seas on here. Just, just rapping and talking about life and whatnot. I think. Um. So this one will be out. What's today? Saturday. I'll probably post this one Monday the fifth. Is that the day? Yeah, I think so. Because today's the third, tomorrow's the fourth, Monday's Monday's the fifth. So yeah, look forward to seeing this out on Monday. Um, again, it's called Rapping with Ace A. I say A. Jesus, R A P P I N. With a little thing on top, W I T H A C E. Uh, did you have any other final words? Except for you got to get the fuck out of here to get to meet your friend. Just uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. How was the drive over? <laughs> Even though you live like two minutes away. Not not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. How was the traffic on the way over? It's like, oh, it's not that bad. None at all. <laughs> all right. And we are out. Uh, hopefully this outro works. Forget a cliche. Y'all know how to say and go. What? I'm just saying, though. I've been going eight for a minute like a saying, though. They like what you saying, though. Money on the move. That's my version of a bankroll. Crowd in the back. Got my back. Then they screaming, go. If you think I lack, go on right. Hey, you dreaming, bro. I can't even lie. I've been living like I'm dreaming, though. Said you trying to make it real. Tell me what you dreaming for.